to sync up the audio it's because it's like the video audio have yeah. to sync in yeah i'm not a technological master as i shared earlier with you but it's just a trick i was taught to do but yes it is a shit show by the technological masters yeah i try to take my good notes i don't know how good of a you know i do it applying them but i try dude you know here you let's get that in there's some yeah yeah You're a microphone madman dude put that shit yeah in however you want yeah real <laughs> There we go. <laughs> you can hear the fucking beeping, dude. I I think I have like spidey sense for construction noises. Not only is it frustrating when you record and broadcast things, but I fucking just hate construction. Every it follows me like a black cloud. I dude. have PTSD from fucking taking ninety three. <laughs> yo, like you know, if, say you're coming from like Dorchester or something, and you're trying to take ninety three north. Yeah. It's a fucking shit show. Oh, dude. It's like, at night, it'll be like 11 o'clock at night, dude, right before the O'Neill Tunnel, and it's just a fucking shit show. I don't know what they're building or what they're doing, but... Dude, it's like, they're, I feel like it's all a scam. Like, half the time, they're not even really doing anything. So it's like some union corruption money Get shit. Get that union, bro. That's it. I don't know, it. man. It's, it sucks when it's at my fucking house, because, like, I... You know, if you're an artist, you have off hours, right? You don't really work nine-to-five schedules, right? No. And so, dude, like, I might have worked till 2, 3 in the morning. I might have got home at 3 in the morning. And it's like fucking 8 a.m. on a Saturday. It's not even a Monday through Friday. What happened to the fucking weekend? Saturday morning, these dudes are bzzz and zzz, out the fucking window, dude. I can't sleep. I wake up screaming in the morning, dude. Yeah. My girlfriend knows. She laughs. I go, I scream out the window like, fuck you guys. I fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard you shut the fuck up. And I don't think they can hear me. The I want siren them to. song of my culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. And that's such a fucking annoying thing for me to even complain about. Like, well, I'm such a bitch that I'm complaining about that. I, I get it. It just, I don't know why I hate it so much. I just feel like it's all about me, for one thing. Of course. <laughs> You know? Of course. Also, dude, I don't know. You're from Mass. You might. I have some family who are like construction workers and shit. I've been around it, so I'm not like an outsider looking in. But I know that usually people come to like areas that they're working on, whether it's residential or commercial, and they don't live in that area, so you don't really care about the space. Yeah. So it wouldn't be uncommon for my next door neighbor is really just they're having construction. Nothing to do with my front yard has empty Dunkin' Donuts cups and shit laying around. You know, trash affecting my personal space. Ruining, ruining yeah, the whole God, ecosystem. I am Justin. They're I killing am. turtles, bro. Well, see, there They're you go. The You're, dude, that straw's going to kill a turtle. You might, somebody might listen to this episode and call you a turtle you know, killer. It's not my fault. Turtles are bitch made, bro. <laughs> they can't handle <laughs> Oh, God. Now you just ask me if people get offended in my podcast. <laughs> Definitely going to catch your shit. <laughs> Yo, I'd be eating straws just to prove that turtles are bitches, dude. Oh, God. If you guys are listening to the Damaged Goods episode, that might be the undoing of all that is damaged goods. It's my man, Justin. Justin Clancy's on here, so and he's a repeat offender on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have him back. For sure, on. he's a musician and an artist of of ill talents. If you don't know, if you haven't heard the old ones, and he's he's not only is he back on, he's not visiting Los Angeles this time. Now the gentleman lives here. Yes, you get to live around all this construction. Yes, well, you had it back home too in Boston. Get to get to live around all of the shit show. It's just different construction in a new place. Different, diff- different animal for sure. Yes, the videos are same going. construction. I think so. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's got the timer on there. Yeah. Son of a bitch, Justin. I have LASIK and I didn't even see the goddamn timer. We good. We good. You are good. Oh, man. So, uh, like, 
I just went on a tirade of complaining, right? Manplaning. You know how they have mansplaining? I yeah. just invented that manplaning. I'm going to call it snake manplaning because it's my manplaning. Dude, my version. Dude snake planning. Do you feel like you're going to complain more that you live in Los Angeles? I feel like people complain less back in East Coast. I feel like it depends on the day. But one thing I will consistently complain about is the fucking driving, dude. People do not know how to drive here. They're terrible drivers. Horrible. That's like true. the worst I've ever fucking experienced. Dude. Second worst. But you're What's right. the first? New York? No, 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 dude. And I lived in New York for a long time. The South? I, I was just telling you outside, I just came back from a month in Baja, Mexico. It's not not mainland Mexico, but Baja, that little tiny peninsula strip that comes yeah. back to so basically California. I'm familiar with Baja Blast, but not Baja, Mexico. Is Baja Blast drug slang? I don't know. I'm older. No, it's it's the, it's a specific Mountain Dew you can only okay. get at Taco Bell. But proceed. <laughs> yes. Um... That's a drug, by the way, Mountain Dew. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I was just, was, <laughs> I just do, do the do. That sounds like a drug slogan. I just drove down uh, myself alone, solo, for like a month long mission in Mexico, in Baja, Mexico, I should say. I've been there mad times. I've driven there many times. Yeah. I've driven in other countries. I've been to many countries where I haven't driven, but I've seen some wild driving. Baja, Mexico is the worst drivers in the world. Because there's only two kinds. This guy's going 10 miles an hour on the highway. Cause, and his truck will be dropped really low, like the suspension or the tires, because it's probably just not a really good condition vehicle. Yeah. Nonetheless, 10 miles an hour on the highway. Or they're tailgating you going 90. Like, there's no oh, in between. Fuck. And there's just so many are road hazards. Limits and- uh, yeah, I would say they're not observed or enforced. Um, and the roads are not the best conditions. Right. And people just drive reckless and crazy. But they drive a lot like LA drivers where they don't use blinkers or turn signals. Mm. Um, Sometimes I have to say turn signal because people don't know what blinker means. Yeah, but they don't they don't adhere to those rules of the road, and they're they're out to lunch driving too. Like LA, everyone's out to lunch, you know. They're not paying attention. Bad drivers, but yes, oh, yeah. dude, you're right. LA drivers suck. Fucking clueless. Absolutely fucking clueless. Do you drive to the? Is the studios that you work at are they far from you? I mean, it's LA, so everything's in like a 20, 30 minute radius. Unless yeah. I'm going to like Thousand Oaks or something. Dude, I don't I don't go to the valley if I can everything I can do not to go and I had to go we went to something recently. It wasn't even the valley, really. It was like North Hollywood and I still was like making a big sh- It's like fuck. a different a world, yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> snake man, step it up. God, dude. I need like more like Joe Rogan esque guests to make me man up on here. Yeah. <laughs> Would it help you if I do like some push-ups? did some push up? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, Perfect. I got you. Best workout yeah, plans. for sure. I, I worked this is actually my, my day of rest. I worked like the last five days in a row. So I'm being very Christ like. I'm taking a day off. Yeah. <laughs> Just respecting all that is holy. Yeah. I'm gonna probably work out tomorrow again. You know. Do you exercise at all? You were on a crazy diet when you came in and are you on a are you on a physical regimen as well? Yeah, I do like circuit training. Ooh. It fucking sucks. Nah, dude, circuit training. I do fun, it like I, I I try and do it like three times a week at least. I don't really kill myself over it if I don't make it. You know. You go to the gym for it, or yeah. you just do it at the crib. Yeah, the spot that I'm staying at has like a little little gym in the oh, uh, nice. complex. Nice, dude. But I've still only gone like a couple of times. Do you feel like working out, exercising doesn't assist you at all? At least like in your live performances or even your breath control. When oh, the for sure. I have like a whole regimen like two months prior to his show. Like, when I get booked, I have, like, a whole cardio thing that I do. and Really? Yeah. What does it prep. entail? Um, basically, like, I would do, like, an hour of cardio while performing, like, my set under my breath and stuff. 
What? Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> That's pretty. Uh, did someone else put you onto that, or you kind of came up with that? Um, it's a mixture of like people that have told me about it, and also just like putting two and two together. Like, okay, I'm gonna be, you know, doing a lot of cardio esque things on stage. I might as well just get that shit down because running out of breath on stage is like horrible, dude. And you, you do more. I mean, now your music has evolved a lot. I, I, you know, you're mainly singing most of the time, mm -hmm. right? And that's a different level of breath control. And like from what I've seen, you don't use like backups or hype man or anybody, right? Nah. So that means you got to be even more self-reliant and you got to make sure your body's like, your voice is an instrument, right? Yeah. And your body's also an instrument to make your voice do what it does. That's pretty ill that you do the under the breath whole hour long song, Yeah. Sweating. What kind of cardio are you doing? You running, you treadmilling it up? Um, it would be like You're a light, master of the stair, like a light jog, and then sometimes the stair master. Nice, dude. How are your knees? My knees are fucking trash, dude. Dude, that's why I, I, I can't run, dude. My knees are fucking. I bend them, dude. It sounds like you stepped on a bag of potato chips. Yeah, fucking crunch yep. city. Yeah, but like just working it out and like just going like past it, I guess. That's past that, the pain. I, I, the circuit training I like because there was things that were cardiovascular. That I could do that weren't running, that weren't mm -hmm. like impactful on my knees. Yeah, and I could get that in, and uh, I like that. Well, the circuits, they like it works your whole yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, and like a lot of the stuff I do is like calisthenics, so it's not even lifting based. Yeah, that yeah. shit'll just core whoosh, shit, just cut Hell you. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. What's the diet you're on? The edible diet you're on right now? Fucked. Why don't you explain it for these people? Because, dude, you're, you're in the land of the fucking diet. Dude. L.A., everyone does different diets. Yeah. And you are in the entertainment industry, so, like, you're around it even more. I'm surprised uh, that you're not on more crazy diets. This diet isn't that crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, I've tried, like, all sorts of diets. So, like, before I went on Warp Tour, I did I did keto for, like, four months. Dude. You did keto while you were on Warp Tour? Before. And then, so when you went on Warped Tour, you just fell off the keto. Yeah, for sure. But it was funnel cakes and shit. Yeah, it was more so to just cut prior you know what i mean and um yeah it worked pr really well i dropped like 30 30 pounds i used what? to look like rob kardashian dude <laughs> dude wait wait you was that when you got clean was that weight from getting clean or was that weight on there before you got clean no no dude when i got clean i was like fucking yeah 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 i was like you ever seen pounds. you ever seen like overweight junkies yeah, I know one back home. I knew a few. Like, do you put heroin in your milkshakes? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, bro, you've been shooting dope for 10 years. How are you still morbidly obese? What are you doing? Yeah, it's fucking... I mean, there's... I've seen people like that, and I've, and I've seen them get clean and still be big. And I'm like, you know what, man? This dude is just destined to be a big boy. Yeah. He, he really has It's a bones. thyroid thing. A lot yeah. of it is like a <laughs> thyroid true. thing, which is Metabol sad. Attacks the metabolism. Uh -huh. And, you know, depending on what kind of medications or even asthma, asthmatic people who use certain inhalers, those those steroids in the inhalers. Make you fuck big. Your, yeah, they fuck your metabolism all. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, dude, my fault. The diet, you're wrong. God, yeah. Snake man. Yeah, snake yeah, 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 yeah. So... It's um, it's six ounces of meat, a cup of spinach, and a cup of broccoli between twelve and two p.m., and then six ounces of meat, a cup of spinach, and a cup of broccoli between six and eight a.m. So is uh, it p.m. Is it because you're picking the broccoli and in, in the spinach? Two of the, two of the if you're gonna say top five healthiest vegetables, they're probably up in there. Yeah, they're for definitely sure. in the top ten. Guaranteed, both those. Yeah. So is it spinach and broccoli because they're so dense in nutrients and shit? I believe so, yeah. And then is it meat? You mean like red meat, or you mean like any flesh of an animal, fish, chicken, Switching poultry, squab? But like 
quail for, for lunch. Quail. Quail's banging. Don't laugh at quail. I've never had quail. Dude, come over. We're eating quail when you get off this diet. Actually, right, unless man. you can have a quail. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I can. I'll take you somewhere. Vietnamese spots. Great quail. Really? They do a fantastic quail. All right, I do a fantastic I'm quail. I'm down. I'm down. I've never had quail oh, or It's pheasant. like chicken, but better. Pheasant, we might, pheasant's harder to get out here. Okay. But anyway, my fault. So yes, the six ounces of meat. Is it any meat? Yeah, well, during lunch, it's it's turkey. It's turkey because it's, Justin Clancy said so, or because it, this is just yo. This is just what I was taught. I don't oh, so, know. So it's turkey at lunch. It don't make you sleepy. The no, fan. no, it doesn't. Um, so it's turkey, and then at night I can have like chicken, fish, or or a fillet. And what do you do? You just switch it up. Yeah. Now wait, you're you're allowed to cook these vegetables. Are they broccoli and uh, spinach raw? The spinach is raw, dude. The brocks, what do you do? Steam it? Saute it? Yeah. You can have olive oil and shit on it is what I'm asking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Salt, it's got some, yeah, it's got oh. some sauce. One of my boys, sure. guy who actually does a lot of the post-production for the podcast and stuff, my man Rocco, he's he's doing the fucking, the meat, uh, the car- carnivore diet right now. What? It's and, just all meat? So to any, this is the funniest thing. Rocco, if you're listening to this, uh, shout out. Uh, we love you over here. Justin and I both. Yes. So he went from so this, much. dude. <laughs> He was uh, doing. He was like going plant ninety five percent plant based. He wasn't like totally anti meeting meat or, or vegan style shit. But he would like you know if it was a dope meal at a steakhouse, he'd break or seafood. He did that for like two months to drop weight. Really, mainly just doing veggies, and then you know he can eat carbs too with that. But he and he was losing weight, and I was like, oh man, my man Rocco's on this veggie shit. I can't ever. I'm never inviting you and your girlfriend to dinner because we can't go anywhere fun. You know, vegans are the worst people to go on dinner dates with, and I love my vegan friends. I'm just saying, it, you guys like can limit the amount of joy my taste buds can have. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I still love you guys. Um, and then he went fucking straight 180, dude. This guy turned heel at a wrestling match, and he goes carnivore diet now, dude. He went from plant based to carnivore, like boom to boom, dude. That's you know? extreme. Yeah, and he he's he's really just, which I think makes sense with diets. He's trying to find out what makes his body happiest, and then what makes right. his mind the it's happiest. It's such like it's such a fucking it's a whole journey, dude. It's a whole thing. Like I, I am jealous of like. 17, 18, 19 year old kids who haven't like experienced yeah, what yeah. like mid 20s, early 20s metabolism will dude, do to you, dude. Wait till you get mid 30s, dog. Fuck up your whole shit. You have no idea what it's like in eight years. Yeah. Bro. And like, that's why I haven't quit smoking cigarettes because I know if I quit smoking cigarettes, I'm just going to get extra thick. That stuff too is, is, is coffee, uh, caffeine is a great dietary suppressant, yep. appetite suppressant. Meth. Meth too, but too. you're clean. You can't do meth, no. I'm sorry, right. bro. Off the table. <laughs> it's not gonna let you do it. So you got to do coffee and cigarettes. Right. And that's why so many models smoke cigarettes and do coffee. It keeps you skinny. Uh-huh. And that's why I think people get scared when they get sober, clean. Uh, and that's why they want to keep doing that because they don't want to put too much weight on. They'll keep smoking the cigarettes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is fine. It's how come? Not that I care, dude. I'm, you're talking to a guy who's not sober or clean whatsoever. Um, is that stand not standing? No, it's good. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm, just I'm just asking a dude who, who's you know who's been in the program stuff. Cigarettes has never looked at like a substance. I'm not judging either way. It's I, a substance for sure. But I mean, they, don't, they say a substance. Yeah, but they say that you can like okay, you can't do any mushrooms and you can't do this smoking weed, but you can still smoke cigarettes. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You need to get that. No, it's a fucking telemarketer, dude. Oh shit, I got three of those. Bro, they harass my whole fucking life. They dude, just they run my, my family. Shit. They almost got my grandmother. Dude, they fucking one time they called me and they did this thing at, like. So my, my phone number used to be my grandmother's number like 15 years ago. I feel like I like your grandmother already. Dude, she's amazing. But like, yo, 
they fucking they call and they go, Grandpa, yeah. like Dude. acting like it was like a a grandchild that got kidnapped. Dude, and then they came that. on the phone and they're like, "We want this amount of money for your grandchild." Jesus Christ! And I was like, "Yo, you guys are." Fucked, dude. Yeah, that's fucking foul. Yeah. I told you about how, like, I went to that fucking Scientology thing, right? Oh, yeah, because I think I shared a Scientology that story weird, with you. That weird, like, psych, like museum of psychiatry shit. I went with Terry. I went with Right Hook. Yeah. Bro. Yo. Did I tell you what happened after? Did they try to put the things on you, man, and do the tests? No, they tried no, to do no, that no, to no, me no, no, back no, no. in the day. No, I know better. I know. Oh, I was, like, young. I was, like, 18 I remember that story is amazing. It's scary. But, like, bro, they must have doxxed me or something because after that day, I've been getting harassed. weird fucking phone calls. Like, Definitely. Did you give them any information? No. I've literally signed my name as... What does mean, by it, the way? Dox is, like... People um, always use that a lot. Like, I don't know that. getting people's information uh, and, like... Yeah, as a writer, I should have better vocabulary, <laughs> bro. So, is are they are they calling you with like? Is it like a Chinese? You know how it's a lot of times that Chinese it's a, pre-recorded it's, they're voice Indians. They're Indian oh. guys, man. And don't they, be racist now, man. <laughs> what the fuck? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they call and they're they're they they're looking for a shook. Is a shook there? Oh, shook one's a hot. It's like a rap prank call, mom deep prank call. No, dude, I don't know what the fuck it is, bro. But like, it's, just tries to like, scam that money out of you, man. The grandma thing. Is actually there's a, that's not only is that common, but it also happened to my grandmother. Not not a kidnapping thing, but saying that uh, I was it was someone pretending to be me, in in saying uh, that I was in in something that happened to me and I was in jail and I need you to come down. You gotta give this money first. Yeah, and it's like you know you taking advantage of old people is the same thing as taking advantage Fuck. of like a child, dude. Or like the fake social security office. Yeah, dude, calls. dude it's fucking it hurts it's me, fucked man. up. It's I, fucked I, up because people I, actually I, pay. Yeah, dude. Well, you're old and you don't know that the scam. You don't maybe you haven't watched the news, or whatever, and you don't know about this fucking scam situation that's existing out there in the world. And you're an old trusting person. You might have lived in the time when the world was a little more trusting. Yeah. So sweet and innocent, old people. I love your grandma. Yeah. Bubby. Bubby. Uh, call I call my Grammy or Bachi. She's the best, dude. Oh God, I love grandparents. Man, that's I would love to be a grandfather, but I don't think grandfathers is even as cool as grandmothers. They're awesome. No disrespect to my grandfather's rest in peace, but grandmothers. Grand, yep, they're the most wholesome, next dude. Level. They're the last pure thing. They're left. like next level, dude. For sure. You ever written a song about any family members? No, I wrote. No. I wrote one about my father who passed, but aside from that, that's a not big really. personal song, though. Yeah, but it's weird. It's just weird. It's like one of those things where it's it's hard to do. Like if I'm gonna write a song about like a family member or something like that, I, I want to do it like. Right, you know what I mean. So what? You didn't feel like you did that one, right? No, I did. I just um, I felt as though it's so easy to like be surface level with those types of things. It is, you know. And I, I really want to like have it be something a little deeper, juicier. Yeah, a little juicier. Write that dude. book, dude. You want to see how much your family fucking hates you? <laughs> write that book. I know, dude. That's what I've been trying to do. Careful, that I was I was being semi sarcastic, but even in a song. Writing like personal things, like you now your father's passed, but maybe some of his relatives, people hear it, like they they might like like it. And some of them, I, you know, I I wrote music; it was very personal. And sometimes I'd be scared that fuck, if certain people hear this, oh yeah, they're gonna get mad. <clears throat> oh yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten to that point yet. But, you don't put any other family shit out there; just that song about oh, your pops. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So my thing is like, I don't want to give up too much about like who I am and like my story and like what I've been through. I don't want to give up too much about it now, 
because that's what's going to keep people coming. They're going to be interested in that, you know? Touche. And when I have, like, <clears throat> like a true, true, like, body of work that, like, has the right people behind it, has the right budget behind it, that's when I'm going to, like, really go deep and, like... Yeah, yeah. I feel you. You don't want to shoot I all am. your shots yet. Right? Yeah, for sure. Keep something in the clip. For sure. Like I haven't even written a song about like the like the fact that like I was doing dope. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't even have like an active addiction song. But there's two different reasons for that. First reason is what I just said before. The second reason is it's fucking corny. Recovery rappers are fucking corny, dude. Wait, who are some recovery? You know, I don't like be knowing about. I'm not gonna say shit. specific names. You gotta tell me off camera because I'm corny. just for my own, so I can reference and know what that is. I got is. you though. Because you know, I'll I don't listen you. to a lot of new shit. I'll so. show you. It's fucking corny. Because it, it's what you. It's like profiting off it or, or kind of you know glamorizing it in well, a way. Well, so here's the thing. Pretentious. I, I come from like a true artist standpoint. Like motherfucker, I've been making art. Way before I got into recovery, way before I got fucked up, I've always made art. And I feel as though there's only so much that you can say. Like, A, you're already exploiting a group of people that have been exploited, like, consistently. B, it's the lowest fucking hanging fruit, dude. Like, you have to have a little more artistic prowess to fucking catch a listener's ear other than saying that you fucking shot heroin. If that's all you got, get the fuck out of here. Like, what What else? What else? Yeah. Really? Really? Like, I don't know, man. I just... No, I, dude, I feel that. Like, I, I'll I appreciate go, I'll that. keep going. I'll go off. I mean, granted, <laughs> like, I love, like, performing at recovery events and everything like that. It's still it, down for the cause. I'm still down for the cause, but never will I ever just get in front of a fucking camera and rap about, or, 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 or you know, just heroin. You know what I mean? Like, listen, if I wanted to go viral, I could fucking do that. It's the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. It takes zero, like... There's no artistic. There's just no artistic prowess. I'm going in right now, dude. Fuck. No, I mean, dude, that's what I want this to be a forum and a place where you. Can, this is a safe space where you come in and talk that kind of shit. Because mm -hmm. you know, I I look at. I'm really critical when it comes to art too, and how art artists put shit out. Yeah. And so I respect it when somebody else kind of has a, a, a strong viewpoint on that stuff. For sure. Because I I see like things that I could have done that I see other people I know my peers, if you will, whether it was when I was doing music or painting and drawing or broadcasting podcasts or even writing books, is like some people do what you're saying. They reach for that low-hanging fruit and they take bites of it and it's juicy. Their career, it, 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 they benefit from it. And I see them like, I could, I have the opportunity to do that. And there's this thing in me that doesn't let me because I think it's fucking corny. Yeah. I think it's cheap. It is. And it's a cheap form it of is. art. And if you're, and cheap I, I hate to say art, a true artist and sound like a fucking snob, but like, the, uh, the people I've always respected the most and looked up to don't ever do that. And I want to, I think it's not that we want to mimic our favorite artists, but we do like to emulate the strong points we see in people we admire. Right. And I always wanted to be an artist that took that path. It's a harder path, it's a slower path, if ever a path. Uh huh. But it's just not a cheap one. And it's I respect that. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, art subjective, of course. Yeah. Right? Like anything could be art. That fucking hat hanging on the speaker could be considered it's a art. a dope hat. <coughs> like they had the fucking banana. Taped to the wall. Yes. That was considered art. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, it's just a matter of like, come on, you could you could try a little harder. Like, you're making music. Like, I don't consider this to be music. I consider this to be repetition. Now, there are plenty of artists who have, like, touched on the subject and kept it moving. It's a part of their story. That's amazing. You know what I mean? I'm speaking on behalf of the people where every single song is a PSA about 
how they yeah. used to do drugs yeah. and how they're in recovery or how other people could be in recovery or just boom, 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 boom. Like fucking save it for your diary, dude. Yeah. And, Jesus Christ. And man. like, I mean, you could take it to other subject matters too. Like there was a lot of people that would criticize Jay-Z and his latter albums it would be about that. All right, dude, you're still rapping about selling drugs. Not only have you rapped about that for five albums, you're also a billionaire now. Right. You're so far removed from that that the authenticity that you used to lend to those stories that you would tell is gone. So now it's just a bland rehashing of what we already know. Yeah. And that would always bum me out with a lot of artists. I could pinpoint a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. And and uh, But then he puts out 444. Yeah, no, that, that, that's dope. Which that's fine. And, but what, you know what What he, he did, like a clever artist does, he utilized an, a recent experience in his life to create art. Just like Nas, when Nas did Life is Good years before that album, mm-hmm. it was based off the divorce. The Jay-Z one was like, you know, the, the cheating thing came out, all this other stuff. And not only was, was the album heavily driven by that, but it allowed him to make some serious songs on there that kind of just t- were cohesive with that. Yeah. If you're a really ill artist, you're using things that happen in your life and drawing from those. So if you only got one thing, which is like you're talking about getting clean, then it's like you can't keep going back to that. I mean, I, the book I wrote has chapters that are different sh- crazy stories. Yeah. And I, so I'm telling each of those and they have an underlying theme, but then I have a ton more of these stories. And the reason is, is I keep getting into situations and it's not just getting in and living them, but it's having that artistic eye to see that as a story. Like whether you're a songwriter, a book writer, a fucking actor or director, uh-huh. you can see a, a story that's not even, it has to be the most crazy story, but if you're a good storyteller, like writing a song, you can make it interesting. Yeah. You just have to pull from your life. All the dopest musicians, storytellers, they keep telling new stories. Mm-hmm. You know, Or they can just make like several different stories from that one story. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean? You can have make have parts. You don't have to try to cons- make it all so concise. Yeah, but like, I, feel I don't you. know, man. And here's the thing: I like never get down on somebody that's like trying to create or trying to create an art. You know what I mean? Or just trying to do whatever. Like, kudos to everybody that's like doing it. But like, that just drives me fucking insane. Did just lots of artists, too many cooks in the kitchen. You mean? No, no, just that the whole like recovery rap. Oh, that part. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that just drives me fucking nuts. I mean, dude, it, I think it's important to have like pet peeves and critiques within art something i don't i can't really speak to the rest of the arts but in music hip-hop especially i notice that, like there's this everything's all good now nobody has any problems like this like, you know you being on this podcast and being outspoken about that that's a rarity like i you know i host a radio show i have fucking artists come in i have people come on this podcast and i watch and listen to other things and not a lot of people take stances like that yeah even and you didn't implicate any individuals you're not making any claim against them but people are still hesitant to speak like that because they think they're afraid it's going to limit their career it's going to jeopardize a relationship who knows or there's this this air of it's all good everything's dope like love everything and i'm not saying be like mean to other artists and be like yo this dude's whack but there's no checks and balances Mm -hmm. and there's no artists with these uh, like seeing all the bullshit going down and being like this is bullshit Everyone's like right. supporting a lot of bullshit. Like it's all good music. Everybody's talented. Everything is good. Great no. story. Plenty of people make horrible. Go fucking ahead, sell music. out some more. Yeah, yeah, plenty of people make horrible fucking music. Yeah, I just like I don't put that energy out there often. Yeah, but like you know, if I see something that's bothering me, like I'm just gonna talk about it. I'm mm-hmm. not like implicating, like you said, like yeah. specific. People exactly, or, and you don't have to get specific yeah. to still make a stance. And yo, if people, I'm sure there are people out there that agree with me that, like, you know, it once it reaches a, thir- a certain threshold, it gets fucking whack. And yeah. then there are gonna be people that disagree with me because they like it and they see something in it, and that's cool. I'm just giving you 
the juice from like the yeah. artist's perspective and somebody who like works on their craft yeah. every single day and has been doing this for 17 years you know what i mean like this is just like what i fucking yeah feel that's it you know I, I don't know, man. We're I think, adults. I think it's dope <laughs> to be able to be... One of the best things about being an artist is being able to speak openly. Mm-hmm. You do it in your music. You do it in your books, your paintings, your, your acting, or whatever. And so when I see so many artists not being able to be outspoken, like just in a, in a form like this, it, it saddens me and it just makes me like disinterested in a lot of people. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. Do you ever feel like when you look at art, whether it's listening to music or watch a movie or a book, you can kind of... F- feel with like a sixth sense that the purity of or the realness of the artist in the art or you can feel like it just feels surface level like you said before yeah yeah, yeah. you can definitely feel sincerity i like don't it's just something like you can tell when something is organic yeah when it's like loved and made with like pure intentions and like it's genuine i can tell when art is genuine and i can also tell when art is just reaching for straws. Yeah. It, it, I can tell when it's disingenuous, when it's not real, when it's coming from a place of trying to gain something monetarily or just trying to fucking do something to do it, to try and grab attention, like attention-seeking art. Yeah. I know the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like. I always wondered if that, like, I, I, I believe the same about myself, and I think of most artists... And then I guess you have to say fans, you know, some fans gravitate to real artists. Or I like him or her because he's authentic or she's authentic. So I think they have it too. But I think the sixth sense is that we possess as artists is different than just it's amplified. It's yeah. So like yes, everybody can kind of tell is an art uh, real? Is it, is, it, is it pure? Is it whatever? Mm-hmm. But I think we're, ours is a little more str- our sixth sense, a little more strong, a little more sensitive because we also know what it takes to make it. Whereas just a consumer of art, you don't always know what went into that film mm-hmm. or that song or that book or that painting. I know exactly what it's like to compose a song or or a piece of literature or something like that. So I'm a little more apt to judge. Because it's like, I, I don't know shit about cars, dude. I can't tell you if that car is made great or not. Mm-hmm. But if I knew about building cars, I think I'm better to talk about it than someone who's not, you know? Exactly. It's, yeah. I feel it, bro. Yeah, you do, dude. The dangly earring, dude. I love it. Justin, shake that it's orange thing. Like bro. Yeah. When, did you, when did you start rocking that? Um, I don't know. Maybe like a month ago. I take it. I, I saw like, it and I was like, yo, I fuck with this. I'm just gonna Taylor, wear it. Baby. I don't give a fuck anymore. Dude, it's honestly. dope, dude. I'll just be rocking whatever, dude. And I mean, like, you're looking at, like, I wear, like, you know, dyeing my hair and shit. Like, did you do it in the, in, the, in the house bleach style? Yeah. Some manic panic? That's it. Do you know what that stuff is? That's color, that? though. The manic panic? Oh, it's color? Oh. That's color. Yeah. My shit, I just straight bleach. I mean, I've tried. Like Clorox, you use that out from underneath the sink. <laughs> no. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, a, it's, it's like a, a specific chemical that you got to buy. But like, I don't know. I, it's been like pink and then it's been blue. Blue fucking, no. was whack. Well, that was like the album theme too. Like, did you do, was it around that time? Uh-uh. No? I just started doing this like recently. Uh, I saw it a lot of the pink. Like, you know, a lot of, you had a lot of pink in like, some of your visuals and shit recently. Yeah, like yeah. I love shoots. pink. That's like yeah. one of my favorite colors. And like also like with the album, I mean, you know, it was the color blue. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And like I kind of want to like really revolve like certain sounds with like certain aesthetics, you know? That's smart. So I'm just really working with like the association. Like you hear something and it sounds pink or you see something, it feels pink. You you assume that it sounds pink. Everyone's subconsciously. Oh, there's a word for that. Synesthesia. 
Yeah, yeah, is that it? Yeah. That's like associating colors with certain uh-huh. things. Everybody like subconsciously, when they when they see a color or when they when they think of the word of a color, subconsciously there has to be a part of you that like. So say if you see an album cover, right? And the album cover is pink. Part of you already thinks you know what it's gonna sound like. And what is the, what is the sound that is associated with pink? I mean, that's that's hard to explain. It's oh. subjective. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody's idea of it will probably be different, but they'll associate it with the sound if they see it associated with music. You know, so like that's just what I'm trying to. Was it, so like with like like the color blue? Like, is that a sadder color? Yeah, but the album cover was like traffic cone orange. Yeah, which is so. Why the contrast of the actual physical color to the the title? I wanted them to focus more on the name and focus on the aesthetic sonically, mm. and plus like orange pops, dude. Yeah, it does. I will put that shit up. My damaged goods logo is orange. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That shit pops like no no other color, dude. One thing I I like about uh, about you and um. I, I like I like this about a lot of artists. I'm always kind of fascinated by the evolution of, of people art. So something I realized recently about myself is like I used to, you know, most people knew me as a, as a musician, dude, like a hip-hop dude and the guy with a band. But the thing is, before that, I was painting and drawing and skateboarding. And then even after that, I broadcast and I write a book. And like, I'm not any of those things. I'm an artist, so I'm just doing different things. Yeah. I've learned that about myself. And even with artists who stay within one realm, I've always been fascinated to see like the evolution of their their sound, their writing style, their acting, or their whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like you, you, your sounds evolved. The music you've is evolved a lot to like almost. I know categories aren't cool anymore and shit like that, but like, is your shit's more pop ish? Right? Is that the proper term? for Yeah, it? for sure. Like I mean, all, like you're singing more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's alternative. Uh, alternative it's funny pop. when I was younger alternative meant like Soundgarden <laughs> shit oh my god yeah. I don't listen to that shit either way but my whole point was like you know I Modest knew you was kind of being like a hip hop kid from way back Yeah. not to say that you don't still have those ethos or nothing but sonically you've evolved to kind of this you, you sing a lot more it's poppy it's, it's alternative but it's not poppy like Britney Spears pop mm-hmm. if you guys aren't familiar with Justin's music but uh I don't know. The evolution of your 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 artistry is is f- interesting for me on a personal level. But like, wh- how did how and why did it evolve to what it is now? I mean, that brings me back to the last thing that we were talking about in terms of like trying to go for the the next thing, the same thing, the lowest hanging fruit, right? A big part of like being an artist is evolving and like just constantly trying to amplify what you're doing and you know growing within your own art so like i'll tell you though like coming up as like an underground hip-hop artist like making like like hip-hop hip-hop like yeah, yeah. fucking rapidy rap shit boom was, bap raw real shit that's, that's how i know was Justin, probably too. the best schooling i i could have gotten you know what i mean because i learned mm. you know the extremes i learned like what it looks like when it's really good i learned what it look what it looks like when it's really bad I learned what it what it looks like for an artist I look up to in that realm to play for like ten people. You know what I mean? And like seeing how they handled it, but also like on the creation side and like how you form like the words and the syllables and you know the formula. And I pretty much just took that and put my own spin on it. And then it evolved to like me singing and then it evolved to like me learning how to play piano and then it evolved. so the piano playing is a, like a later life skill yeah i just taught I, yourself yeah i just taught myself like two and a half nice. years ago 
And now all of my new stuff, like all my unreleased shit, I play piano on all of it. Mm. Dude, I, when I when I was doing like Blue Gold, the band, and then eventually my Lazarus Taxon shit, I taught myself how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. So on Lazarus Taxon records, I, I played the guitar a bunch of them and shit. And it was it was cool to use something other than just my voice from rapping or singing to like play an instrument on there. Or like I made a couple beats and shit and got to like, you know, use them. It's, yeah. It's fucking gratifying. It's sick. Do you feel more connected to your music now? Mm-hmm. Like, right? It's not like you're just getting a beat from some other guy and putting vocals over it. You're a little more connected to no. it. No. So what I'll do is like I'll write the song on piano. Yeah. And then you have music get made around it, right? Yeah. That's what I would do on guitar. I would write like melodies and shit. And it's write the a hook best, to it. dude. And it feels yeah. more sincere like we were talking about but it also is like this is me like this is a part of me you know this isn't just like just going into a studio and like there's a beat already playing yeah you know what i mean like everything that i try and do i try and do it as organically as possible so like whether it be me playing the piano on it and then bringing that piano riff to a studio and then building around it or just going to a studio with nothing Nothing at all. And we just make everything right there from scratch. Like, that's how I, I prefer to work. All organic, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's something for the artist, for the creator when it's like that. That maybe maybe people on the business side of it, actually, I would say definitely people on the business side of it, and maybe most fans don't get it and don't understand. But as the creator or shit like that, it feels so much better doing it. Oh, yeah. Like you're enjoying it way more, and you're more caught up in the moment of it because you're not looking at it like, Oh, this is a hot beat that sounds like all these popular beats. This is gonna be a big record, or how oh, I got this feature. This is gonna mm-hmm. make me pop. You're you're more lost in the creation, which as an artist is the best part. When yeah. I when I'm just writing something and I don't know if I'm gonna put it in a book or whatever, I'm just writing it. That's the best part. That's I'm the most godly the shit too. Yeah, that's the most godly shit. Like I don't know if you're a god guy or yeah, like yeah, yeah. a universe guy. I'm down or- with God for sure and universe. I feel like the most godly thing is to I fucks with God. <laughs> Yeah, he aye, man. God's straight, bro. Yeah, he's cool. But like, I feel like, I feel like, it's it's godly, like, to take something out of thin air mm. and then create art. You yeah. know what I mean? Create an idea or create something that's gonna move somebody in some sort of way, whether they're dancing, whether they're crying, whether you know whatever. But you pulled that from fucking nowhere. I feel like that is the deepest shit. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's how I feel most connected because like the melodies just come to me. I'll play something and it'll just come into my head. You know? And it'll of course come out of my mouth, go into a laptop, go into the speakers of somebody else. Like, but you pulled that from nowhere. That's like the craziest shit. I mean, regular art too, like all art, you know, just having a blank canvas. And then at the end, you have this beautiful painting. Came from, that's a good way to say it. Dude. Yeah, comes I from like fucking that. nowhere, dude. Yeah. You know? I th- and that's, it's, I don't know, man. There's like, you know, being an artist that like, you're creating things out of nowhere, but you're at the same time, like especially a guy like yourself, you're also taking things from real life and, and, and whether stories you know about of other people are your own and putting it in there. And that's why when I, I know artists that have like 16 songwriters in the studio, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of hands in the pot. Shit like so that. many, dude. And people get like mad at me almost for 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 not liking that shit or judging it, or yeah. or maybe not not liking it, but maybe not. I hold it to a different standard. I don't appreciate it as much as something that's done the way you're describing. Yeah. And people get mad at me like so. It's it's like a number one song. It's like the best. Like come on, 
And that's how all those people sound in my ear. Even yeah. if it's like a big thugged out dude, they sound like that. And I'm like, nah, dude, you just don't get it. There's something truly art beautiful about real art that's created from these certain places. Mm-hmm. And when I know it's concocted basically in a motherfucking laboratory, what doesn't matter what with it a, is. With a formula yeah, behind dude, a it. Mu- a song, a fucking album, a, a book even, a, a movie. It's just, I, mean, I can't appreciate it. And it people depends. look at me like I'm an asshole it for it. It depends though, man, because like... I'm one of those cooks in the kitchen for other people. Yeah, well, yeah, you were you just talking about mean? that off off air that you yeah. got some. Like I do a lot of like, and there's a lot of money in that, and, right? Yeah. So for do sure. you ever feel like, I don't know, uh, morally uh, vexed over something like that? Definitely not. Yeah, because it's like not. so. So you don't feel bad that like you're contributing to other art that you know isn't as pure and as real as yours, even because maybe you're doing your pure art over here. You don't feel yeah. bad. Well, so you're, you're not. Regardless, right? If I'm in the room, I'm gonna make it fucking dope. You so know. You're hopefully, you're maybe improving that. Exactly. Shit you're exactly. the good guy in the laboratory. You're like Serpico on the police force. You haven't seen this Pacino movie. It's a '70s. Classic. I saw it. I I, I saw it, but it was a long. I mean, it's time It's old ago. for me, dudes. It's I. It's it's a, You got to go back in time. He was a cop who thought he was gonna straighten out the United New York City police force to be like the good cop. And uh-huh. He eventually got shot in the face. Oh well, uh, but, no, yeah. I can't even. <laughs> no, nah, dude, you're gonna be good. So dude. no, you're you're gonna do good things about it. Soiled it's it. a true story, bro. It's not a spoiler. You, you can it, look dude. in the news, man. It came out in the '70s. There's a nah, but like I get what you're saying. But I mean, so it doesn't bother you. Nah, nah, it doesn't bother That's me, cool. dude. Like as long as I'm in there and I'm I'm playing a part in it, like I know that I'm going to bring some sincerity into it you know what i mean because i understand like what sounds good and what doesn't sound good but what about like you know i've been in those kind of situations too when i used to do songwriting and shit and it's like sometimes you're working with other people you know and maybe that other person or those other people aren't necessarily coming with the same energy you're coming with the same perspective on it they're they're literally cooks in the kitchen they're literally chemists in the lab like they don't care they're there to and do you ever feel like that energy takes away from you no Right. Now nah, my energy is always always there, man. Like I try and make it so that my energy is as infectious and electric as possible. Yeah. And at the end of the day, even if it's like that, I don't even think about the room. I don't even think about the formula. I think about big picture. I think about what people are gonna say and how they're gonna react when they hear it, mm. regardless of you know what goes into it. Yeah. Because maybe this song that like. I'm just writing with all these different people. Maybe someone one day will hear it and be like, oh my God, I fucking love this. This did something to me. Do you so ever think like, that you it. could be one of those, you know, those artists who are just songwriters for other people and not do your own art? Do you think you could ever do that? No. I don't think I could have either. No. I mean, I definitely enjoy writing for people and writing for sync. Like I do a lot of like commercials and like TV shows and films. Did you have like, all those kind of publishing things set up before you moved to LA? Yeah, I've been back and forth since I was 19. So, like, I made sure. Here's, like, here's a big thing with me. There's so many artists that just move out to L.A. on a whim, right? They they pack up their life and they move out to Los Angeles thinking that just by being here, they're going to make it happen. And, I mean, kudos to you for, like, you know, wanting to do something so big and change your life. However, there's the smart way to go about it and there's the impulsive way to go about it. And a lot of people go the impulsive way and then they just fucking crash and burn, you know? Yeah. I mean, of course, there's the small percentage of people that, like, something fucking amazing happens. They come out here, they don't know anyone, and one day somebody picks them up, and you're like, you're it. <laughs> but that's fewer and farther between. Yeah. 
like the way that I got into all of these sessions and like I've been lucky enough and blessed enough to have these opportunities is because I've been coming here consistently since I was 19, like just networking, meeting people, getting in rooms, talking to people, staying in touch with people. And how long have you been clean for? Um, six years. Nice. So that's almost like the same amount of time that you've been coming to LA. Closer, yeah, closer. yeah. Yeah, my, you like my math skills? Those head math. Quick maths, dude. Not the best. <laughs> Quick math. But, I mean, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Um, to to me to not want to just do those those publishing, those writing things, if not creating my own stuff, you know? Like, yeah. I, I I don't I don't think I could do it either because it, it as much fun as it is to go create and stuff with others other and work for other people and it's money and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it scratches the same itch as is doing your own shit. No, you gotta have your own outlet. Yeah, I love performing. I yeah. love doing. Do you shows. like performing more than? I'm, I'm, I, I usually don't ask questions, but I'm asking these questions because I, I, I don't know. I know what you do. Um, do you like performing more than working, creating in the studio? Um, they're neck and neck for sure. But I'll tell you, man, like the the best feelings in the world that I'm talking like better than any drug yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. done, Definitely. better On than stage, sex for sure, anything ever, like. Playing a sold out crowd. Oh, dude, there's nothing or like it. Crowd dude. surfing or like when the whole fucking room is singing your song. It's the best thing ever. It's dude. the best feeling ever. And sure. leaving the studio completely gratified, like with with a new record that Different you love. Different gratifications for sure. Like those are like my favorite fucking things. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's more like a drug because I used to feel more gratified leaving the studio or like hearing back some songs that I wrote that I really liked, but getting off that stage. Even if it was like 50 people or 5,000 people, it was like an insane amount of energy you felt. And like, I personally, I didn't want to leave the venue. I wanted to sell CDs and merch and t-shirts. I wanted to sign an autograph, mingle. I wanted that high. I didn't want to leave and go to the party. I wanted to be around that. And when the club finally left, we had to leave or drive off or whatever in the band. Like the next day, dude, the come down for me. Yeah, I want to kill myself. It's like almost on par with coming down for like MDMA is my worst come down of all Mm -hmm. drugs. That's why I don't do it. Terrible. It it makes me want to kill myself. It's like that bad. Coke is not as bad as MDMA for me. But dude, the music come down of that's why like playing multiple shows in a row, like touring, is actually felt dangerous because it was like, oh, I'm feeling like this all week, all month. And then that come down. Bro, the come down after tour. Like, oh, it's there's this void in your, in your, like, wanted to kill myself for ah, sure like it's tough for sure and like i think we touched on this the first time oh we might have yeah we talked about this because it's like i remember there's been times where i would do a huge show and it, it would go great it'd be like 1500 people right and i go and i do these big shows and then i'd get off stage and go to the green room and i'd be alone and i'd be like yo i want to fucking kill myself yeah. right now like i want like being so fucking low. It's the extremes, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. a lot of things that artists, that's like one of the things artists don't really talk about. That they don't like, you know. Yeah. Because we both just now like agreed that like, yeah, that's a fucking thing for it's sure. It's a thing, dude. And, yeah. And they don't talk about it. And I think that's why a lot of artists gravitate towards substance use too because those are extremes. Like, you know, it feels awesome when you're doing it and then when you're not, it sucks. And and so that just makes sense because you're already experiencing that on stage, mm-hmm. and it's like, and then there's the I, I imagine that there's the other people that who aren't artists or creatives that are on even keel the whole time, and they don't know what it's like to be really low, but they also don't know what super highs are, and like God, that sounds almost worse to me. 
than these extreme up and downs. Like yeah. you know, like I, I, I'm jealous. Are you ever jealous of them? Sometimes I want that even keel ride. I want that smoothness so I don't have this, but then I'm yeah. like, I would probably go nuts in a month. Sometimes I'm so jealous of normal people, dude. Like, yeah. I get so jealous of, like, normal people, like, Fuck. like people that just have, like, regular nine-to-five jobs. Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I love being an artist, but it's a gift and a curse for sure because the highs are high and the lows yeah. are so ridiculously yeah. fucking low and you think that you're going to lose everything or you do lose everything. Yeah. I've been on I've been ups and downs so many times, Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's... But that mundane um, lifestyle, and not to say that all nine to fives are mundane for you guys out there, but if it's a bland existence, even if it was making me good money, it was bland. Yeah, I would go fucking nuts. This is not for me. I would, I would, I, I'd rather be on the edge of not knowing about tomorrow, even if it gives me that terrible anxiety. Yeah, bro, it's just not for me, man. And like, it's something I've that it. that you're born with. Yeah, I've like tried I, can't it. I can't really explain why I chase this so hard. I really can't explain why I. I continuously do this, even if it puts me in dispositions at times or hurts me. Like, yo, the game will make you cry. Bro, the industry sure. will make you cry. You're lucky if you can cry. It's worse when you end up fucking holding it in for years. Yeah. The industry will make you want to die. Like, the industry will break you down, right? Mm. Especially out here. That's what motherfuckers don't know. L.A. is a different fucking beast. All you people coming from Iowa, Idaho, Wisconsin, you're the most talented person in fucking Madison, no, Wisconsin. Matter, or like, dude, even Boston. Like, you yeah. motherfuckers have no idea. Like, you come True. out here. Like, I'm glad that, like, I'm good. And, like, I've worked out kinks before I even moved here. And I understood what kind of beast it was. Yeah, you But motherfuckers to. come out here, you don't understand. Like, there's going to be people... That will gas you, oh, yeah. and then you'll never hear from them again. Yep. There's gonna be people that are like, "Ah, oh, I want to sign you. I want to work with you." Blah blah blah. Totally. Money, 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 and you will never fucking talk to them again. Dude. They will never come back again. It's true, right? Or there's gonna be opportunities that you think this is it. This is the one. Like oh. it's happening, and it doesn't fucking happen. And normal people or people that don't understand that. We'll come out here and they will get fucking yeah. eaten alive. Yeah. You know, Period. I, I saw a lot of that when I lived in New York too. And it was different in New York. People find people like think there's a big difference between LA and New York. And I've come to learn after living in LA for a while, not, not as long as I lived in New York. They're actually more similar. There's just a different uh, mask on. And in LA, like, like you said, you knew kind of about this being the monster that it was a little bit. You worked out the kinks. Uh-huh. Some people hear the stories about L.A., but they think there's this realism to the industry in New York. Like it's, People Fuck are authentic. No. But it's 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 the same shit. It's just masked as being authentic and real. So I was going to, like, when I was deep in the music game and the rap game, I was in New York City. I was doing all the shit you're doing out here, there. And I thought because these were East Coast people, or not even, but they lived in New York, it wasn't going to be that Hollywood shit. Yeah. And it was masked in this realness. And to be let down over there by how fake everyone was made this shit like, it's like I can see the wolves with the teeth in their fangs dripping blood, but I'd rather see them rather than the, the, the sheep who I don't see his fang till a week later when it's already in my flesh, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt like in New York. It really like let me down. It, not New York didn't let me down, but like the industry let me down and realizing like, God, people are full of shit and fake as fuck. So out here, it doesn't bother me because I just assume that's anybody who works in entertainment. Yeah. And and to see the f people fake it really bad over there as being so real and keeping it real yeah. and not Hollywood and have them just as fake just really as fucked me up. Well, here's the thing, man. It's like one of those things where- And I love New York, I'm just saying. Everyone's- Protecting something, 
you know, and it, a lot of it is fear based. Oh, oh, I'd say 90% of it. Yeah, everyone's protecting something. They're holding cards close to their chest. Granted, there are some amazing people in the industry out here. There's there's some amazing people. You know what I mean? I've met some like really fucking cool A&Rs. I've met some really cool like label people, publishers, all of that stuff. Don't get me wrong, right? But it's definitely a fucking rarity. You know what I mean? Definitely is a rarity. But no one's going to make it happen for you except for you. Damn straight. And that's like a conversation I was having with my homie last night. I was like, dude, like no one like you are born alone and you will die alone like no I'm one's tattooed on my arm yeah that's it <laughs> bro no one's gonna amplify your shit until they see that you can amplify your own shit yeah, yeah of course you know like if you're doing your own thing and you look like a well-oiled machine see excuse me people are fucking stupid right people are just stupid in nature I say this often. you know what i mean they don't think something is cool Unless somebody they think is cool thinks it's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. They need to know it's okay. You know what I mean? No one wants to be out there on the limb all alone. They're you know? gonna be quicker to like clap for you Sheep when you lemmings. already win. Yeah. Rather than like clap for you when you're working at it. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you just keep working and working and working and working and working. That's Everyone fucking wants to it. bet on a sure winner. No one wants to be on the losing Yeah, line. exactly, dude. Exactly. Sure. And so. they're so afraid of the unknown and like they're afraid of taking risks and they're afraid of like not looking as cool yeah. if they like this artist. Or, yeah, dude. You know? So you just give them a fucking reason. Yeah. It's, no one's going to pluck you out. Fucking right, and dude. And be like, you're a superstar. You know, you gotta stay, like you said, you can stay like a well oil machine. You got to stay working on your craft, perfecting it, your, yeah. your social skills, like e even taking care of your body, physically exercising, eating right, right? Mm -hmm. We're about to go eat a couple pounds of broccoli, right? Some red meat, Fucking raw meat, yeah. right? carnivore diet. Dude, next time Justin comes on this shit, you're probably going to be like vegan, dude. You'll be on a new diet. I'm going to be looking like Brad Pitt. Was he vegan? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but I'm going to come on here looking like Brad Pitt. 12, what, 12 years in Tibet? Is that one? Seven years in Tibet? That Brad Pitt? Which one? With like all the beard? Which Brad Pitt? Yeah. Or like the now just Brad Pitt. Just any Kirby. Brad Pitt. That's not a bad and thing to look like, That's how I'm going to be looking, bro. Shit. That's it. Either that or Joaquin Phoenix from The Joker. <laughs> you know, but let's just, fingers crossed for Brad Pitt. <laughs> dude, we'll come over and have a huge vegan fest. Dude, I'm going to have so much oat milk. All right, y'all. This episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast was brought to you by Elite Botanicals. Elite Botanicals is originally the CBD division of Elite Cannabis. If you guys have heard me talk about them, you know this is my favorite CBD product out there. The only one that truly works. I swear by it. That's why I'm endorsing them, not for any other reason. And now they're back with their new line for your little pets, Whole Pet CBD. They are one of the first companies farming high CBD cannabis under industrial hemp rigs. They've been working with CBD since 2013 with one of the first licensees in Colorado. Also, they've been working with Colorado State University since 2016 on their canine research study with CBD. So they know what they're doing. Their focus is providing farm-to-table product that uses the best ingredients possible, ultra-refined, distilled, full-spectrum CBD oil at high potency for reasonable pricing. That's the problem. Most of these other guys are overpriced for their non-working stuff. This allows for effective dosing and a 30-day-plus supply per unit. For the pets, they've got drops that go on their food or in their mouth. they got chicken and salmon-flavored ones. They've got soft gel capsules. they got a gravy powder. You just sprinkle that over their food or put a couple of water in there, and it makes a nice little gravy mix chocked full of CBD, glucosamine, and omegas for their joints. They've got nose and toes balm for cracked noses and paws. 
and they got some all-natural treats on the way. All this is available at WholePetCBD.com. Elite Cannabis, Elite Botanicals, and now Whole Pet CBD, all from Elite. Go check it out.